Hello and welcome to the Latest Science Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Solomon, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Hector Romero. So Hector is a strength and conditioning coach at Team NL with over 10 years of experience in the fitness industry. At the moment, he's working with rowing, and I'm making the perfect guest today to discuss how you can use strength training to improve your aerobic performance. So without further ado, it's time to welcome Hector onto the show. Hector, welcome to the Science Sport Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate you having me here. That's a pleasure to have you on. So can you just a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've been up to until now? Yeah, sure. Uh, like you said, my name is Hector. Um, I've been working in the industry of uh, health and fitness now for, for 10 years or so. Um, started way back when I was uh, doing my exercise physiology bachelor's uh, in Australia. Started doing personal training there. Went on to do my master's in exercise science and found my passion for uh, helping people improve their performance. Uh, later on down the track, long story short, I moved over to the Netherlands and I, I found a job with a professional basketball team here um, and was working also with some individual clients uh, in a place called Physiolab where we worked with uh, football, basketball, tennis and, and hockey players. So a nice combination there. Um, and most recently... I started working with uh, Team NL, working with the national rowing team here, trying to um, help them with their physical preparation towards the uh, Olympics next year. Awesome, mate. And we're going to discuss that a little bit because obviously um, that's a really difficult sport to program both strength and endurance for. And both are really important. Um, so I, that's what I wanted to touch on today. Like, How do you make sure that athletes who, who need that endurance base can still improve their strength? To, to enhance that performance. So before we get into like the, the meat and gravy of it, um, what, what do we mean by strength training and why is that important for endurance athletes? Yeah, so uh, essentially with uh, strength training, what we're really talking about is the use of any resistance training exercises to try to challenge and progressively overload the body to be able to handle higher levels of load and produce higher levels of force. Um, this is really important for endurance sports uh, particularly because uh, they're highly repetitive by nature and the muscle contractions are sub-maximal. So if you're only performing the sport, you're going to be missing a lot of uh, physical qualities uh, that aren't going to be developed, uh, particularly in uh, strength and power. So a well-designed strength program is going to help fill those gaps. Um, and essentially, we want to use these kind of programs to improve performance uh, and reduce the chance of overuse injuries. Absolutely excellent. And obviously, we're going to get into the specifics of how you do that uh, towards the end. But when we're looking at those adaptations, like, can you go into some specifics as to, yeah, what kind of adaptations that, that you're looking for when you're working with those endurance athletes? Because obviously, it's not the same as, as bodybuilding where they just want massive muscles, right? Because it's going to be yeah. hindrance. So what, what are you looking for specifically, which helps those endurance athletes to improve their performance? Yeah, exactly. With, uh, you know, People thinking towards strength training, they're, they're usually thinking about bodybuilding style workouts, high volume, uh, lots of fatigue, and we're looking to build muscle. And that's not an ideal situation that you want to be in when you're trying to do an endurance uh, event. You want, to, you want to stay light to perform well. So what we're looking to try to do is really raise the capacity of the muscular system to be able to produce higher levels of force while still keeping us relatively light um, this is going to increase the chances of uh, performance, decrease and decrease the chances of uh, injury. So if we can improve our max strength levels, 
we're going to be helping the body to recruit more muscle fibers and raise the ceiling on how much force we're able to produce. And if we can do that, that's going to improve our economy of movement. There's been a lot of studies out there that have shown that four to six weeks of strength training can really improve running economy and, and even rowing economy uh, without any changes in VO2 max, which is a, a marker of that aerobic performance. So if I can give a rowing example uh, specifically, uh, if I'm producing 700 newtons of force, which is a measurement of force on average per stroke, and my max is 800, then you can see that I'm working at about 85% of my max. And that's uh, really going to make it tough if you're trying to do that over two kilometer distance. Um, so if we had to use a, a good strength training program to try to increase my max, then we can go from 800 up to 1000 max effort. Um, I'll only be working at 70% of my max. And you can see how that's going to help my economy of movement. And the same principle applies for other endurance sports like running. The higher our capacity, the less effort each step or stroke is going to take. And what about stuff like, um, yeah, things like, things like tendon stiffness and plyometrics. Obviously in rowing, I can imagine it's a bit less, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, in, in rowing specifically, we're not doing so much plyometrics, but we are looking to improve things like uh, power. So also in running, um, with these sports, we don't have an infinite amount of time to apply force uh, to the ground on each step or to the oar when we're, when we're um, rowing. Um, so we want to improve how much force we can apply in a limited amount of time. And that's where power comes in. So we want to be able to increase how quickly the nervous system is able to engage those muscle groups um, and, and do that faster. On a foundational level, heavy strength training is going to help with this. But as we get closer to racing season, we want to shift our focus to more power-related exercises to keep ourselves fresh and working more specific uh, parameters to the sport. Absolutely excellent. And obviously with that in mind, right, you've got kind of two uh, diametrically opposed things. So you've got endurance on the one side, which has one specific pathway of adaptation. You've got strength on the other side. And those two things don't always match up nicely. So when it comes to planning those training sessions, when you've got a strength session and you've got an endurance session, how do you make sure that you're planning those sessions optimally to ensure that you're not actually interfering with those different pathways. Yeah, so your connection went a bit bad there, but I think the question was around the interference effect uh, and and how to how that works, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so the interference effect is is basically a phenomenon that happens when, like you said, we're training those two opposing qualities of strength and endurance. Uh, not necessarily at the same time, but on the same day. Um, the body's going to receive uh, multiple signals that might conflict with one another, and this can really blunt the adaptations that occur. So obviously, if we're talking about endurance sports, this is a, a key thing to take into consideration because we're really trying to train those two things to improve our performance, and we don't want to be fighting against ourselves. And how do you then plan things to make sure that they're not interfering? Well, uh, from a macro to a micro level, um, the first thing to do is really try to plan out your year. So, for example, if you know you have a long preparation period before your racing season starts, uh, you want to be smart and use that time wisely, focusing on developing your strength qualities while maintaining a base of endurance work in there. 
and vice versa as you get closer towards the racing season you're going to place a more of an emphasis on the endurance work and pull back on the uh, on the strength work and and just look to maintain that and when it comes to maintenance i think it's uh, an important point to mention that maintenance doesn't mean completely pulling back you still want to have a certain level of intensity in there to make sure that you're actually pushing the body to adapt and overload rather than doing some sub-maximal work and under-training yourself, leading you to be under-trained throughout the season. And what does that maintenance look like then in terms of, if we're just talking sets and reps, and obviously we're going to get onto like how specifically to do all that later, but just in terms of maintenance, what, what does a maintenance um, block look like for you? Is, are you? Are you talking about really high intensities, really low volume? Are you talking about medium intensities, medium volume? What, what does that look like? Yeah, so for a period like that, you're probably looking to do <clears throat> maybe two uh, 30 to 45 minute sessions a week uh, while ramping up that endurance sessions, like I mentioned before. And in terms of volume, you can come down to as low as, you know, only two sets. And that's not including your warm up sets. You're, you're trying to get two high quality sets in there. Um, and depending on what you're trying to focus on, if it's max strength or power, you're looking at anywhere from you know, 70 to 85% of your, of your max on, on that specific lift. Absolutely. Excellent. And then when, when we're getting into the, the, the real interesting stuff, right? Like how do we actually program for improved aerobic performance in the gym? Like, can you take us through a case study as to, to how you do that with your rowers? Yeah, with uh, the rowing program, we, we have a really big staff. So first and foremost, we're looking to work together with the whole staff and team. Um, that involves exercise scientists, the, the rowing coaches and the physios, and myself and my other colleague uh, in the strength and conditioning team, just to try to make sure that we're all going in the same direction. We work with a big macro plan, um, working with a block periodization schedule, which basically means we're focusing on one or two qualities in blocks of four to six weeks at a time um, to to develop and, and focus on those qualities. So we split them up into two blocks. We have a strength block and an endurance block. Uh, in a strength block, we're doing, you know, specifically to strength, three se sessions of 90 minutes uh, each in that week where the endurance sessions are coming down to maybe three or four. Um, and in an endurance block, we're only doing two se sessions of uh, 30 to 45 minutes, like I mentioned previously, where the rowing kilometers and the endurance work really starts to ramp up. Now, when it comes to pre-race weeks, we aren't actually doing any strength work because we just want to maintain uh, freshness and make sure that we're ready to compete. Um, and basically, and then... this is how it's alternating throughout the year. We're, we're doing that alternating between those blocks depending on how the competition schedule goes. And what's the reasoning behind the block periodization? Because obviously it's, it's used, it's been used quite traditionally in a lot of sports um, throughout history from maybe the, the 80s onwards, but like, what's the reasoning behind block periodization as opposed to other potential models? Yeah, well, with other potential models, we, we can run into that interference effect uh, issue. So with the concurrent model, if we're trying to improve everything all at once, uh, that interference effect can really come into play. So with block periodization, 
we're trying to minimize that effect, but also it allows us to really place a big focus on specific qualities that we want to develop. So in an endurance block, we're really ramping up those rowing kilometers, improving that aerobic endurance, um, working on rowing technique, making sure that that is the primary focus and we take a backseat on the strength side of things and vice versa when we go towards a, a strength block. Interesting stuff. So when when you, you're talking about, let's say, one strength session, right? So we, we've, we've talked about that whole global process and, and how the, the plan looks. When we take it yeah. down to one single session, what, what does that look like for, <clears throat> for your rowers then if they're leading up? Let's say uh, we let's let's take one one block from uh, the strength phase and one from the um, the peaking phase. What, what's the difference in those sessions and what do they look like? Yeah, so on a general sense, we're focusing on developing those key areas that are going to influence our performance, and and those revolve around the the knee extensors, so your your quadriceps, hip extensors, glutes, hamstrings, uh, lower back, as well as the upper back and the core. Um, so we're really focusing on trying to develop strength around those areas to improve robustness and, and performance and minimize chances of injury. Um, to manage fatigue, we're, we're really fluctuating in how the volumes and intensities are going. And we're using a combination of things like uh, gym aware, which is a velocity-based training tool um, to really make sure that we're hitting the right intensities um as as well as getting the right adaptations that we want we're using also things like reps in reserve and per percentage based uh, prescriptions and we're using a combination of those at any one time um throughout the blocks like i said before we're we're really changing the volumes by changing up how many sets and reps we do so in the strength block we might be doing something like 3 to 8 sets of 3 to 5 reps with some of the main lifts uh, like your back squats deadlifts and olympic variations whereas in an endurance block this can really come all the way down to just two sets of of 3 to 5 reps um just to touch on the stimulus without producing too much fatigue because we still want to be fresh for uh, the other um, practice sessions in the, in the boat. And obviously you mentioned uh, power in there as well. Can you take us through like a, just a, a day program? So you're going to come in, you're going to get a warm up. Um, how are you going to work on uh, all of those different qualities? Is it, is it just strength training and maybe power on the Wednesday or you've got some kind of vertical integration going on in there? How, how does that look? Yeah, within the session, it is uh, quite vertically integrated. We try to keep a little bit of everything and changing up the volume of, of the focus on each one. Um, if we're talking towards closer towards race season, we're, we're focusing more on, on power. So we're using uh, Olympic lift variations, and uh, that depends on, you know, the, the technique of the athlete and how experienced they are. Um, and then with... Uh, an exercise like a back squat, we're probably changing that to a banded back squat, for example, and trying to work at higher velocities uh, with higher intent to, again, keep them fresh, but also make sure we're getting that power adaptation rather than uh, going really slow towards the max strength uh, side of things. Interesting stuff, mate. So in terms of time, I think we're sorted. Um, where can people find a little bit more information about you and what you've been up to? Yeah, um, the main place you can probably find me right now on social media is on my uh, Instagram account on H uh, Romero SNC. 
Um, and if you want to reach out to me, have a chat talk shop, uh, I'm happy to receive emails at my email, Gmail, which is uh, hromerosnc at gmail.com. Absolutely excellent, mate. Thank you very much for your time and effort. Thanks. Appreciate it. Cheers, buddy. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Hector for all of his hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm sure you do at home too. Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of the Science of Sport Coach Academy. Now, the Coach Academy is an overgrowing library of sports science courses broken down into bite-sized chunks. So if you've enjoyed today's podcast and you want to get some more great sports science information, you can get into the Coach Academy completely for free in just a few seconds' time using the link in the show notes. And every time you complete one of the courses, you get a certificate of completion, which means you can also improve your ongoing education. And if you have enjoyed today's podcast, it'd be fantastic if you could give us a like, share, and a recommendation to a coach, a colleague, an athlete, or a friend. That means that we can keep bringing you the best possible guests and the best possible content. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks from me, I'm Matt Solomon for Science of Sport, and I'll speak to you next week.